It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys all had a great weekend. Uh, kind of a bore of a Super Bowl, but we'll talk about Kyle Van Noy winning his second Super Bowl title as a member of the New England Patriots as part of today's podcast. Uh, more of a concrete layout of the show today is we're going to recap BYU's win over Loyola Marymount here in this first segment. The outbreak or outburst by Gavin Back and also is Nick Emery finally coming around. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, we'll talk some football. Had some thoughts on a running back commitment that BYU garnered over the weekend from a JC product, as well as I mentioned, we'll talk about Kyle Van Noy winning the Super Bowl with New England Patriots. And then, of course, as we normally do in the final segment of the show, we will catch you up on everything else we haven't touched on in today's show with all the other teams in the BYU athletic department. So that's the layout of today's show. Hopefully you guys are all doing great. Had a good weekend. Ate some good food with your Super Bowl parties or whatever else you decided to do this weekend. But let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 4th, 2019. Pause between the rings to the right wing. Straight away, Gab. Gab open. Oh, they won't let him take. Oh, they takes it. Get he it. makes it. Gavin Baxter for three. I had a feeling. BYU by 9, 41 to 32. It's an 11 to 2 run. Another wins, another steal by Emery. Nick leading a three on one to Baxter. Timeout, LMU. BYU pulling away. 46 32. There you go. Some of the highlights from BYU's win over Loyola Marymount Saturday night, courtesy of the BYU Sports Network. Greg Rebell on the call. Thank them for letting me use that audio. Gavin Baxter, who you heard in both of those highlights, just an absolute outburst of a performance. The guy who wears number 25, scores 25 points, a career high, pulls down a career high 10 rebounds. Just an outburst that I hadn't really been expecting. And those of you that have listened to this podcast for some time, going back to last fall, I was very high on Gavin Baxter. I thought he was an absolute baller when he was playing for Timview High School in high school before going on an LDS mission or a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was very high on his abilities. I felt like he could be a breakout guy for BYU. Well, I'm glad to say for at least one night that he proved me prove me right because it's only one game we'll see if he's able to follow it up and to be more consistent down the stretch here as BYU faces the final month or so of their conference slate but to see him do what he did Saturday night was just awesome to see it's his first double double of the season it's his game and career highs of 25 points and 10 rebounds just in a monster monster performance and BYU as a whole benefited from it they locked down on defense in the second half uh, their first sub 50 point defensive effort of the season. BYU rolls to a 67-49 win over Loyola Marymount. It was a win that BYU needed after that 30-point drubbing against Gonzaga. I worried at points in the first half that BYU was sleepwalking through this game and 
could come back to bite them if they continue to do that. But in the second half, I really felt like BYU woke up, locked down on defense. Gavin Baxter got it, got got it going, and then Nick Emery. I uh, also can't um, hesitate to mention Nick Emery's performance: seventeen points uh, from the from the bench. He went five of five from the three point line, while adding four steals, which is a season high for him. Uh, I feel like if Nick Emery comes along, if he can start consistently shooting, I don't expect him to score 15-plus points a game. He's still working his way back into game shape after taking an extended time over a year off from basketball, competitive basketball. But if he can shoot at a consistent clip and allow BYU, he gets around 10 to 12 points a game, and he's shooting at a high percentage. We're talking a 40% three-point shooter. That makes BYU so much more dynamic. Gavin Baxter, I think his spot in the starting lineup is cemented for at least the time being. Uh, If he's able to start being a consistent contributor on both ends of the court, we already know what he can do defensively. He's long. He's got a crazy wide wingspan, I believe 7'2", being 6'9". He's got all of the measurables to be an NBA player. That's the type of thing you want to see from a guy who's going to play at the next level, is a guy who's tall, athletic, and has a crazy wingspan, and that's exactly what Gavin Baxter has. So, if BYU... As other people have uh, mentioned previously, I read a thing from Darnell Dixon in the Daily Herald this morning, uh, his Darnell thoughts, and he said, well, the question will come up, why didn't Gavin Baxter be put into the starting lineup earlier? And I think it's a valid question. I think the fact that he's finally starting to break out as Darnell, and I'm also going to add my thought on this, if he's starting to break out and he's consistent down the stretch here, BYU's going to be a whole different team when they face teams like Gonzaga, and not Gonzaga, like St. Mary's in the potentially in the West Coast Conference tournament in March. Because if you have a third guy, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. I'm going to reiterate it time and time again until they figure it out. If BYU can find a consistent third option, and if that's Gavin Baxter one night and you trade it off with Nick Emery another night, that's okay. You just need to have a third option each night. If it's consistent, BYU is a much more dynamic team. They're a different looking team. They have more opportunities to win games in multiple ways. And it was good to see two guys, Gavin Baxter and Nick Emery, break out in that win over Loyola Marymount. Let's also add the caveat, this was Loyola Marymount. Uh, This is a team that built its record on a paper tiger type of schedule, beat up on a lot of teams that were not that great this year. Uh, They've been a team that's been pretty decent on defense, as evidenced by holding BYU to 67 points, but... BYU will have bigger and better tests coming up. They're going to have a road game at Gonzaga. They've got another another date with San Francisco. They've already played St. Mary's twice, but you've got plenty of opportunities here for BYU to really show what they can do. The good news was that they got that win. They bounced back from the 30-point drubbing at the hands of Gonzaga. You got two uh, breakout performances by two guys who have got the ability to really be difference makers in my mind because we've seen Nick Emery, when he's at his best, he can shoot BYU into any game. He can keep BYU afloat single-handedly at points. And Gavin Baxter, I just mentioned, I've seen his praises all year long, hoping he'd break out, and he finally does. Six foot nine, seven foot two wingspan, can jump out of the gym. He gets a consistent jumper. He hit two threes in this game. If he's able to hit outside shots consistently, 
consistently, he is going to be a difference-making player for this BYU basketball program. There's a reason why Dave Rose locked him down when he did right out of high school. I know a lot of people questioned his ability to shoot jumpers. Well, guess what? I think the coaches saw just the freak athleticism that Gavin Baxter had and decided, okay, well, he can jump out of the gym. He can play defense. We can work on the shooting stroke. And if he's able to hit threes like he did on Saturday night, yeah, well, that's evidence that he's getting better. And I, he's a kid that likes to play basketball, plain and simple. Every time I've had a chance to interview him this year, you can tell he just enjoys playing the game. And that's what you like about guys like him because they have the skill to go with the desire to get better. And you can work with that as a coach. You can, you'll put up with it as a fan. You'll put up with some of the inconsistency because if you can see tangible results where guys are improving each and every game, that's a great thing to see. I would expect and I would recommend to Dave Rose, even though he doesn't want to listen to me because I don't know that much about basketball, that you keep Gavin Baxter in that starting lineup. You let him play 25 to 30 minutes a night the rest of this season, good or bad. I don't care if he has a one for nine shooting night followed by a five of seven shooting night. You let him ride the ups and downs. He gets that experience because I truly believe, and there's a good chance BYU could use lose Yoli Childs this offseason. Well, you want Gavin Baxter to be ready to go in case you, that does come to fruition. You lose your star scoring forward, and Gavin Baxter might be the guy that steps in there and fills that void. And I think it's it's a good sign for BYU that they're getting some guys starting to emerge here with the final stretch run of the season staring them in the face. A uh, big opportunity. They play at Portland this Thursday. It's a 9 o'clock Mountain Time tip-off. These late tip-offs are absolutely murder for me personally because I work early morning sports radio. But, hey, I put up with it. I watch these games, and I want to see BYU go on the road to Portland to take care of business. Portland is in the bottom third of the WCC this year, so BYU should go put a hurt on them and pick up a win. That'll be at 9 o'clock Mountain Time. It's going to be televised live on ESPN2. It's another nationally televised game. And, of course, you'll be able to hear it radio-wise on the BYU Sports Network. So there you go. Some of my thoughts on the BYU basketball win. I thought it was a great win, but the biggest storyline out of is the fact you had those two breakout performances from Gavin Baxter and Nick Emery. Now, hopefully it's a consistent thing going forward because those two players could really help BYU just look completely different down the stretch run of the season and getting into that WCC tournament. If you're hot at the right time of year, we've seen it multiple times. You can make a run and make all of your NCAA dreams come true. Uh, Gonzaga's staring that sitting right there for you. We've seen them already once. They're the top five ranked team and they're legitimately very good. But BYU would be a different team if they have consistent scoring from two more guys in the form of Gavin Baxter and Nick Emery when they rematch. But we'll see what happens. But first things first, take care of business against Portland this Thursday, and we'll track that for you as we in the run-up to that game. We'll keep you updated with any other news and notes. We'll be talking to coaches and players later this week, and we'll play that for you on the podcast as well. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back. We need to talk some BYU football, both professionally and also recruiting-wise. Talk about all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
You are locked on Cougars. And a reminder for you guys, if you guys do have a smart speaker at your home, your office, wherever you've got it, uh, you even can do this with your phones. All you have to do is tell your personal assistants, the, the Alexas, the Google Homes, all of the different smart speakers that are out there on the market. If you have one, all you have to do is say, hey, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you will have this podcast right there for you. No having to tap buttons. No having to click a link. It plays the podcast for you, and you'll have the latest and greatest in BYU news with myself, Jay Catch, each and every day. And thanks, in a, thanks as always, for you guys' support of the podcast. It is a blast to bring this to you guys. And I had a question um, sent to me over the weekend via text from a friend of mine. And he asked me, he said, hey, did you see this commitment of a new running back for BYU? And he was talking about the commitment of Alec Weibel Mesa. I think he goes just by Alex, Alec Mesa. Uh, he played for Scottsdale Community College this past season before they shut down the program. He went to Santa Cruz Valley High School down there in Arizona. He's from Eloy, Arizona, which don't ask me. I don't, know, I don't know where Eloy, Arizona is. If any of my Arizona native listeners know where that's at, let me know. Hit me up at Jacob C. Hatch or at Locked On. Cougars uh, let me know where Eloy is at but he committed to BYU and the question was asked well is this kid on scholarship and I reached out to a couple of people and they said no he's a preferred walk-on so he's coming in uh, he's not going to take up a scholarship slot but he does have the opportunity to join this program okay he doesn't have a very big list of offers. Adams State, Eastern New Mexico, um, South Dakota School of Mines, and Wagner. So not a not an impressive list of offers. But the one thing I do like about his addition to the BYU football program is this young man has played at the JUCO level. And he was productive. He finished 8th nationally in rushing with 181 carries for 1,018 yards, 5.6 yards per carry average, 6 touchdowns. He was named Scottsdale's offensive MVP. MVP for the season, uh, for the season this past year and their final season of existence because the schools in the uh, Western States Football League outside of Snow College have all shut down their football program. So he was left scrambling to kind of find a new place to play football. And BYU, uh, he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so he had that connection to the school. Uh, I'm not sure how the interaction started, if he reached out to BYU or vice versa, but I like the fact that he's played at the collegiate level. And I spare me the, well, it's just the JUCO level. He's played collegiately. He's had expert coaching at the college level. He's produced at the JUCO level. Uh, I talked about all the time, I wanted to see BYU recruit Jalen Warren out of Snow College. It looks like he's going to Utah State. He was the nation's leading rusher this past year for Snow College. He played in the same league as Alex Mesa. And I think that a kid like Alex Mesa, at the very least, I'm not expecting him to come out, come in and be a breakout star. As, as much fun as that would be, it would be a great story. But for him to come in and at least offer depth to BYU, offer some veteran leadership being a JUCO product, even though he spent one year at the JUCO level, I think that he can be a guy that can, at the very minimum, very, very minimum, add depth to a position group that has been just tough for BYU to recruit this year. Every recruit I have heard of that BYU's recruited this uh, offseason, this recruiting period, they've all either ended up elsewhere or BYU decided that ultimately they weren't the right fit and they moved on from them. So BYU's kind of scrambling at this point to find running backs. Uh, I get that uh, they have Lopini Katoa sitting there. Uh, there's some, a lot of talk about Tyler Algier being an option. Sione Finau off of a redshirt season. I think Algier... Uh, qualified hopefully to redshirt I'm not 100% sure on that I actually now I think about it, he probably is going to be a sophomore I think he played in more than four games but 
there are there are options on the roster for BYU running back. And I also think a guy, potentially, I thought Bo Hodge was a gamble worth making, but he's now back at quarterback. But there are options on this roster. You just need depth. You need bodies there to help you out because inevitably injuries happen. Look at Squally Canada this past year. Look at Matt Hadley. Even look at Lopini Katoa at one point this season. They all got dinged up and need to have guys who can play. Uh, he's got good size. Speaking of Alec Mesa, 5'11", 5'10", 5'11", 195 pounds. Good size for a running back. He's not a burner. He's not the fastest running back in the world. He's not the flashiest guy on film. You look at his film, you can go look at it online. He's not the, he's not the flashiest running back, but he's solid. He's sturdy. He likes to run in the middle the field. He has to go right between the tackles. And I think as a preferred walk-on, this is a win-win scenario. He gets an opportunity to continue his playing career, and BYU gets that so-called tryout period without buying it. That's really a crude term to use, I get, but they can bring him in as a preferred walk-on. He's paying his way. If it works out, he becomes a steady contributor. You put him on scholarship at that point. If it doesn't work out, hey, you say, we gave it a shot. Thank Thanks for coming and you move along. Or if he wants to stick around as a preferred walk-on, it's no skin off of BYU coaches' backs. They can keep him on the roster. He can continue to work out with the team. But he's not taking up an, a, a scholarship spot that we've talked about a lot with BYU and their scholarship crunch this year. So I think this is a good pickup for BYU. And I think it'll benefit them, even if he ultimately only ends up becoming a backup running back, a second or third string back. If he ends up being a contributor, that's a massive, massive win as a preferred walk-on. And BYU's relying heavily on on walk-ons right now, preferred walk-ons. They've got a lot of commitments coming in from them. Um, As I'm recording this, I just saw this come through that Mason Wake, the running back slash linebacker uh, prospect from Lone Peak High School, who could also be another option at running back for the Cougars, has committed. So this preferred walk-on route for BYU, if they can build it up, it could definitely bear some fruit because if guys become contributors you reward them with that scholarship but in the interim when they're still trying to prove themselves there's no skin off of BYU's back in terms of having to uh, free up a uh, not free up uh, have to use up a roster spot a scholarship slot one of those 85 scholarships on a guy who may not contribute they can let the kid prove himself and then reward him all right and then one other note here wanted to say a big congratulations to Kyle Van Noy wins his second Second Super Bowl title in three years with the New England Patriots. Just awesome. He had a big starring role once again in the Super Bowl yesterday, as much of a snooze fest as the game was as a whole. I get that if you're a fan of defensive football, and I don't mind defensive football. It's, it's fun to watch when teams are kind of slugging it back and forth. But that game yesterday, man, the Los Angeles Rams were stuck in neutral, and it felt like the New England Patriots at points were stuck in neutral themselves on offense. The defense has played well, no doubt about it. Kyle Van Noy had a big-time role on that. That big tackle, he was flying like a missile at Jared Goff. Goff glanced off that hit. Cause if, he, if Kyle Van Noy catches Jared Goff square on that play, I'm not sure Jared Goff finishes that game, but it was a good win for the New England Patriots. Like I mentioned, Kyle Van Noy representing BYU will. I've seen his social media today. He has not slept to my knowledge at this point. He kept posting stuff like every hour of him just freaking out, enjoying the win, and good on him. He's a world champion. He won the Super Bowl for the second time in three years. He's played in three straight Super Bowls after being traded by the Detroit Lions. Can you talk about an absolute fleecing 
of the inept Detroit Lions of what Bill Belichick did scooping up Kyle Van Noy. I saw one person describe it as a bag of footballs. They traded a seventh round pick for him and man, just awesome to see Kyle Van Noy representing BYU well and Kyle Van Noy, for everything people may have to say about him, he is loyal to the program that gave him a shot. He's always been loyal to BYU. He's always been good to the program. He's always been able, happy to come back and contribute whatever they've needed him to. And I expect he'll continue to do that because BYU helped him out a lot during a time when he needed help. And that's a credit to Bronco Mendenhall, Tom Holmo, the entire BYU athletic department, whoever is involved with that situation, to give him that second opportunity. It was a star for BYU. He's now a star for the New England Patriots. Won their sixth Super Bowl title in franchise history in the last two decades. Impressive stuff. And Kyle Van Noy had a massive, massive role in it. So I wanted to give a shout out to him and a big congratulations to him and his team on that Super Bowl victory. All right, we will step aside here, come back with the final segment of the show. Catch up on everything else you've missed on with BYU sports over the weekend. Not a great weekend for some of the more high profile sports. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining me on this Monday edition of the show. I'm Jay Catch. Those of you that are new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share with your family and friends. Want to continue to build the podcast audience, let BYU fans know they have a daily option. They can consume all their BYU sports news in one place, and that's right here on the Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On Cougars. So please share that, subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you in advance for doing that. Catching up on everything else that happened over the weekend with BYU Sports. We'll start off with the women's gymnastics teams. Uh, gymnastics team, the women's gymnastics team, they scored a 194.975. So not a great showing as they finished third place in their tri-meet against number 18 Cal and number 19 Arizona State Saturday night. BYU was ranked number 14 entering the match, but Tough loss for BYU. Uh, they'll be back in action this coming weekend when they head to Air Force for a quad meet. They take on Springfield, the Air Force Academy, and Seattle Pacific at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. You can get links to all the stats on the BYU Cougars website. Now let's talk about the women's basketball program. They rank number 25 in the country, and then they go out on the road, and it's just been a rough week, plain and simple. They were dominated Saturday in a 79-65 loss to Pepperdine at Firestone Fieldhouse. BYU falls to 17-5 on the season, and now 9-2 in West Coast Conference play. So they went 11 straight wins, and now have lost two in a row. 
tough week for the BYU women's team. They're going to have to bounce back here. They'll be back in action this weekend. They return home to take on St. Mary's on Thursday. Tip-off is set for 11 a.m. Mountain Time. It'll be the annual Kids Day with school children from all over the, the county coming out to the Marriott Center. So it's always a raucous environment and it will be carried live on BYU TV. So hopefully the women's basketball team can bounce back there. The men's volleyball team had a rough weekend themselves. Nationally ranked in the top five, but they went on the road to UC Santa Barbara and back-to-back matches Friday and Saturday night swept right out of the gym by Santa Barbara, 3-0, 3-0. So tough weekend for the men's volleyball team. They have a quick turnaround, though, as they take on Pepperdine in Malibu this coming Wednesday. So they're going to stay on the road in California. But then one final positive note is that the men's and women's swimming and diving teams, they won the championship at the Air Force invite over the weekend. So Congratulations to them at the Air Force Invitational last Friday and Saturday. Uh, Tice Rooston, the head coach, said, I'm very proud of the progress of the men and women are building through their consistency and scores. They had several career and career high and season high scores. Gave BYU their first place overall finish in that tournament. So congratulations to the men's and women's swimming and diving teams or the diving teams in particular on that win. At least it's not a complete bust in terms of results over the weekend for all the BYU teams. So there you go. All right, so there you have it. That's the podcast for today, February 4th, 2019. Thanks again for joining me. A reminder for you guys, if you do have a smart speaker at home, all you got to do is teleplay podcast Locked On Cougars and you will have this daily podcast focused on all things BYU right there at your figurative fingertips each and every day. Thanks again for your support of the podcast as always. Back tomorrow, getting you ready for National Signing Day on Wednesday. A lot to talk about. It's an exciting week. We'll see BYU if they're able to close up shop recruiting-wise well. We'll talk about some of the more some more of these preferred walk-ons like we talked about today with Alec Mesa on tomorrow's show as well. We'll let you know some of those guys that may not be announced in terms of signing with BYU on Wednesday, but definitely could be guys to keep an eye on going forward for the BYU football program. So that'll be coming up on on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for joining me. Back tomorrow with more each and every day as we cover BYU for you. This has been Locked On Cougars for February 4th, 2019. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.